This episode of the show is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free 30-day trial and free audiobook of your choosing by going to audibletrial.com slash misspots. Choose from over 180,000 different titles, such as Chris Jericho's latest book, No is a Four-Letter Word. It's even narrated by the man himself. Audiobooks are perfect for the person on the move. Believe me, they're great. Maybe you want a mystery novel or a biography of someone you love. Audible has it all. Plus, it's free to try. If you don't like it, which would be weird, cancel and keep your free audiobook that you downloaded forever. Go try it now at audibletrial.com slash misspots. Audible. Listening is the new reading. Mike, seeing as this is our episode where we do our predictions for 2020, I'm going to get my first one out of the way right up front. The WWE will continue to add pointless, ancillary, awful characters to the Rusev-Lana storyline until it's the all-encompassing, dominating storyline a la the NWO in WCW in 1999. And whether you like it or you don't like it, it's the worst thing going today. And that and more coming up on the Misspots Podcast. Time to play the game. Well, 2020's here. At least uh, WWE threw as much uh, fuel on the dumpster fire of a year uh, for them as they could right at the end. Because they're like, you know what? We could make these flames bigger. (laughs) I I just cannot believe that they decided to close out the show, the last show of the year. with. uh, Listen, I know that... This is a win for them. They're the Lana Rusev garbage, and that's the correct word for it, has gets the most downloads on the YouTube channel, and this is a really big thing for them. I think it's very short-sighted because it really, I believe, is people watching it for how bad it is, and that's not sustainable. They don't, you'd have to replace that then with something even worse and more terrible, which is sending your company in the wrong direction. But they decided to end this episode of Raw, which was had some good points to it. I, I still enjoyed some of the squash matches. I thought that Drew McIntyre in particular had a really good segment. But uh, it just they could not keep up the momentum of a pretty good show from the week before, in my opinion. Um. I'll let me talk about Drew real quick. I felt like his promo was so disjointed and so not of words Drew McIntyre would say in a promo. Like he was talking about how sexy he is. He was making fun of the looks of uh, audience members, or I'm sorry, universe members. Uh, this just did not seem like the type of promo for the character that he is. 
And I had a problem with that. Oh, well, now that you mention it, I, I, I did not pick up on that right away. I actually thought it was a pretty good heel promo, not taking into account the fact that these are not the kind of promos that he typically cuts. So that's a good that's a good catch. It it obviously did not bother me much because I didn't I didn't point that out. And I actually thought that it was a pretty good segment. I also really like the Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens stuff. Yes. I think this is one of those situations with two guys, two guys that are traditionally better as heels. Yeah. That both could be very strong baby faces teaming together because they have to. Yeah. Because not just because they're thrown together, but they there's a storyline reason for it. And a consistent storyline reason for it. And they also are not I was so predicting them to fight AOP in a tag match that night. Yes. And they didn't. They cooled it off. They gave us our segment. They 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 kept the storyline going, but they didn't throw it in our face immediately. And that's what good storytelling is. That's what AEW does. That's what NXT does. They book shows for the following week. They they progress storylines on television without having to have a match. And I'm always impressed when the WWE takes the time to do that. Uh, I also, I mean, the Aleister Black-Buddy Murphy match was excellent. It was yeah. a hard-hitting match. I mean, there was some good stuff going on there, but there was also just tons of disjointed awfulness. I, I mean, I thought the Charlotte-Natalia stuff was god-awful. Uh, yeah. Charlotte's, Charlotte's promo was terrible. She, I, I don't know what... Charlotte has the ability to cut very, very good promos, but she, it's 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 like 90% of what she says is terrible on the microphone. It's it's uh, stilted. It sounds like it was written by a robot. I don't, I don't get it. And now we have for like the... I, I feel like Natalia going between being like babyface heel tweener what is she like they don't know what to do with her so they just will always just trot her out there because she's a, a good hand in the ring uh just to be the opposite of someone uh, I, at one point Vic goes this newfound aggressive streak of of Natalia like she's been a heel within the last year with a, an aggressive streak and her profession is to be aggressive towards other people well i i think she was showing a little more aggression than she has recently but at the same time she just the last time we saw her meaningfully other than teaming with lacey evans for whatever reason was in a feud with lacey evans that was very vicious and 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 seemed to be very very aggressive so yeah this is just that kind of revisionist history there's so much of this by the way this this really pissed me off when uh, they mentioned, I don't know if you caught this, that Buddy Murphy was the first person to knock on Alistair Black's door. No, that was I Cesaro. didn't catch them say that. That was Cesaro. Yeah. You don't have, there's, what we're watching in the ring is excellent. The storyline has been good. You don't need hyperbole. You don't need to retcon things. Just tell the story as it is and do a better job of it. And it could have just been a slip of the tongue. It happens all the time. But I, I really that really kind of pissed me off. I also, the 24-7 championship, there was a rumor because something went up online saying that the title was retired. 
and it was just you know either either someone put it up as a as a joke or it was a mistake on the WWE's website, and nothing got made me happier when I heard that. I was like, oh my god, they're retiring this garbage. It, it's it's terrible, terrible TV. It's not professional wrestling in any way, shape, or form. And other than the fact that our truth is charming and funny, no one else that's been around this has been watchable in any way. And when you have just this this repetitive, boring, just inane uh, things happening, you want me to care about Charlotte being annou- announcing herself for the Royal Rumble, which we knew she was going to be in any way. You want me to care about Natalia's new mean streak that isn't really new? How about you don't throw the 24-7 garbage out there in the middle of that match? How about you don't give us... They could have... They could have rerun a segment <laughs> one of 400 times they've done that exact thing with R-Truth being chased around a ring. It did, it did nothing. All it did was detract from what was already a pretty mediocre match <laughs> that was followed by or that uh, came after a really bad promo. So that the entire thing was just it was just kind of off the rails. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that uh, I did not, I did, I don't know. I'm split on this, I guess, Mike. The Randy Orton stuff. I um, give Randy all the credit in the world for going out and doing something a little bit different, seeming like it was unscripted, making it look like he was really injured. And I think it came across pretty well. The problem is, is that, first of all, the WWE, the all the stuff in the ring with AJ and Randy went way too long. Yeah. And they do this, it's like they don't, it's like they don't have a massive roster packed with tons and tons of people because they go out there and they have these guys basically repeat themselves over and over and over again to muted cricket crowd reactions instead of just having them go out there, be short and sweet and get the, the, the stuff done. And secondly, if they were going to do this angle, this injury to Randy, this, this career threatening injury, I think it could work but the WWE is like a, a child with a new toy. They probably had a good thing there, and they spoiled it the night they did it. Yeah. It they definitely could have gone a, a, a week or two more. It could have gone a month. Minimum. It could have gone... They It could have been Randy Orton has to be around for... You know, his contract stipulates that he still has to provide a service to the WWE. So he's going to be a guest commentator. He's going to do some other things with the company while he's, uh, while he's injured. So he's still around, and you, there can still be some antagonism going back and forth, and AJ can force him into a match or something, and all of a sudden it turns out right before the match, Randy's fine. There's ways to have made this a good storyline and actually use this to give good segments of television. And they just, it's like they had an idea for something and they have no patience to actually be able to pull it off. It's its almost embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the stuff that AJ was doing was embarrassing. He did, I'm not touching you. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. like, who fucking wrote that? Like, whoever wrote that and whoever 
uh, okay, that that all that that was probably Vince should never be allowed near writing for wrestling ever again. Well, there's just there's just so much of that, but it really is. I I feel like the that there are times in the writers' room where someone has an idea and they're they think it's so genius that they can't help but just get it all out there immediately so they can get a pat pat on the back. Uh, we we also saw with Andrade and a jobber that ended up getting interrupted by Ricochet helping out because the guy was going to get DDT'd on the floor and it immediately goes into a match. Why? If you're going to set this up, do what good professional wrestling shows do and have him save the guy, this random nobody, and then have them fight the following week. Yeah. Why does Andrade want to fight a guy who he wasn't going to fight right then and there? He's he's a heel. He should be like, no, I'm not fighting you. I'm and not scheduled makes, to fight you. Yeah, and who makes this match? It is it is the it's we go back to it over and over and over again. But it's the the lack of believability in the entire production when you just have these matches that come out of nowhere and, and we never even get a word. Oh, this was booked. We just don't even do it. They they don't even care enough to do it because the crowd doesn't demand it of them. And we did see an instance where they're actually going to have two title matches next week. And they've pre-booked them and told us about them. It's not a foreign concept. They do it on NXT, which is a WWE product. AEW does it constantly. We get booked shows almost completely week before, which is... What excites people to to tune in for the matches, and the WWE just cannot. Once again, they just they don't. They have a shiny new toy. They feel like they have to show it to you right away. They think that the it's impressive that these matches are just kind of thrown together because anything can happen on live TV, and nothing is further from the truth. Yeah, it is not exciting. It does not make any any extra interest. I don't think for anybody, and it's just we know it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, who who would have figured that if you actually tell people what to expect next week, that they might actually turn uh, tune in to watch it? Yeah, why I, scripted television gives you trailers a lot of times after uh, an episode for what to expect next week. Yeah, it's uh, it's a consistent problem that we'll we'll be complaining about uh, as long as we watch WWE because they just have no desire to present their product in any way like a sport. Yeah. They they need to drop the sports out of sports entertainment. It's just entertainment, entertainment, <laughs> yeah. and not even very entertaining. And speaking of not entertaining, we kind of talked about this in the open of the show. Uh, the fact that they would close their last show of the year with the angle that they did reintroducing and putting Liv Morgan in this and now having a lesbian angle and how is are there people Mike that are actually enjoying this they're really enjoying it not ironically do you probably. think probably the, mean, but a lot or there's at like least a, four yeah but I, I mean like all in all honesty are we are we just I said before there's tons of stuff that just is not for me. This doesn't yeah. seem like it's for anybody. It's so poorly done. It's so poorly presented, poorly written. The concept is idiotic. 
it's like it ticks every box of a garbage wrestling angle. And yet they are just doubling down and doubling down on it and adding a character like Liv Morgan, who was uh, they were giving hype vignettes to and they throw her out there for what reason? So this has to keep this has to continue. <laughs> Is that to, what they're telling us to tackle your your initial uh, thought there with does anyone like this? Most of the people who I see, at least on our Twitter feed, do not seem to enjoy it. There is a few that like it in that it's so bad, it's good type of thing. They think that it's like one of those really great bad movies like The Room or something like that. The Room, this is not. Um, But I'm sure that there are people who think that this is so great. And they're like, this is what I've been wanting in my professional wrestling. I've been wanting a a divorce and a wedding and a lesbian storyline and all of that. I I turned this off the moment that Liz Liz started talking about uh, loving. I was like, it's Lana. I'm like, it's Lana. And I don't fucking care. I, I guess Rusev popped out of a cake. Um, and it could have seen that coming with how big that cake was. But this, this, the, they were running for a couple weeks, these vignettes about Liv coming back. Uh, I couldn't help but think of uh, the, the Emelina. Uh, exactly. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> the Emelina making that connection thing. for sure. And like they they took a character who had a little bit of an edge and they're turning her into the cookie cutter fucking diva uh, of WWE. And yeah, this is what we're going to be subjected to for at least the foreseeable future. I don't fucking like it. Well, Uh, the thing is. I won't be because I, I don't watch this angle. The only reason I know when we're talking about this is because of the development and the fact that it was the last it was in the, in the last segment. But I don't watch this. I, 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 I do my best to ignore this as much as possible. And I will continue to. And just like I've stopped watching SmackDown, this is the kind of stuff that eventually will get me to stop watching Raw. And if you know, they don't care about my money, Mike, they don't care about your money, but you know, we've talked about this before. We did not get WrestleMania tickets, even though it's in our backyard. Again, we are not we are not the customers of WWE. We used to be for the for the product, and I, the ratings keep going down. Yeah, I, I mean they keep suffering. SmackDown, I, I think the a week ago again did a, abysmal rating. So something's got to give at some point. You'd have to think. Yeah. And it, it's also funny, uh, I know you you don't see this, but watching uh, like football on Sundays on Fox and hearing uh, the announcers do like promos for uh, SmackDown and hearing them go like, hey, you got to tune in and watch Sasha Banks and Bray Wyatt. And I, I'll give one, I think it was, I think it was, Charles Johnson, a former wide receiver, who's like, "Oh, my man, Daniel Bryan on there." I was like, <laughs> "Like, at least he he made it seem a little personal, like he knew what he was talking about." Maybe he does, but 
like it is rough hearing them try to promote that show uh, through football as well. Well, I actually have, uh, as part of my predictions for 2020, are going to cover some stuff about my thoughts on SmackDown. So we'll get to that eventually. Okay. Um, as for the first episode of Dynamite for this year, I thought that this was a pretty good episode, starting with a very different and unique arena setup, which led to a cool kind of entrance ramp uh stage uh uh, camera angles i really dug that loved it loved it this is what i want in a professional wrestling show i want some some different setup i want it to have a different feel to the arena from time to time the fact that the wwe everything looks exactly the same exactly the same from pay-per-view to everything They did this, I'm sure, because they had to fit this show in this space, Yeah. right? They certainly didn't plan to do it that way. But sometimes it's like when you had the first Nitro at the Mall of America. Like, doing stuff like that. Hammerstein Ballroom. It's visually different, and it it makes things a little bit more exciting and and a little bit more fun. And I, I love the fact that they play into that. And they don't feel. I hope they don't feel like it was a it was a detriment to the show because I thought it make it it made it even more interesting. Yeah, I I definitely dug, and even the the announce team with Taz on uh, announce uh, duties for Tony Schiavone this week. I thought that was kind of cool. They were wearing different attire. They weren't wearing their uh, typical blazers. They had jackets on with AEW uh, logos on it. Uh, they made this seem like a special evening and I really dug that and the the matches that they built up promoting for this week they made it seem like it was a special evening uh, the only thing that I didn't really care for and I it was that I thought that this was supposed to be Statlander versus Riho um, and they moved it to next week and they explained it on social media and they should have explained it on TV as well. So like there are people who do not follow them on social media or don't pay that close of attention. They should have been able to talk about that on TV and explain that to the TV crowd. Um, probably my, my only issue with the, with the show this week. Uh, I had a couple. I, 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 they've got to get their shit together with their audio. They had multiple situations where even even the little small back thing with Joey Janela, you didn't hear yeah. what he was going to say before he took a, a crotch shot. Uh, you had uh, music start when Luchasaurus was about to cut the end of that yeah, promo. Yeah, that's true. Get your shit together, guys. I mean, this is a professional production, I imagine. That's Bush League, man. And and this is not October of last year. You've got a bunch of shows under your belt. That's got to go away. And it's got to go away fast. The, you can finally hear the music yeah. when the, when stars come out. There, there's been some good aspects to it. But it's it, it really is kind of embarrassing when that happens. Oh, the, and why why is Justin Roberts wearing an overcoat and a scarf indoors? Did not notice that. <laughs> Listen, scarves are popular, man. 
Yeah, there's a lot of them in uh, AEW. A lot of them going around. Uh, the The wrestling was top notch. It was really excellent. I thought that the women's match was very good. I thought that the MJF promo was excellent. I, I I thought all around it was a good presentation, but between the the bad audio issues and also just the backstage segments, what WWE's backstage segments are too smooth. They're too polished. They're too they're too canned. Yeah. They they seem like they're. It seems like something that it's stilted bad high school actors passionlessly reading their lines down to the aw- interviewer always yeah. standing there and looking and yeah at the, awkward at angles that don't make any sense. Like it, it's really bad, but it's so polished and so slick that. If you did, if you don't care, and it's just it's just a, another thing, you know, in the background while you're you know doing your laundry, you're like, oh yeah, that looked okay. AEW, I mean, the Britt Baker aspect when she came and confronted Riho was awful. She sounded that was that was some of the worst acting promo. It was just it was cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. I, I that would be embarrassing at, at, a, at a gym in front of 15 people and <laughs> I, I can see why I know how high they are on her but I mean I thought she pr- represented herself pretty good in the match uh, during the program but uh, okay uh, maybe she can't put a promo maybe that was just a bad night whatever it was but overall they just had a couple of those kind of stilted things thrown in there and they they work with the roster they have, and I'm glad that they have people that get a chance to kind of do their own thing. But they got to find a way to polish those things up as well and put on a little bit. They've got to be able to drive. They do a great job of driving storyline in the ring, which is what I want. They need to be able to supplement some of the stuff away from the main event, away from the Jerichos and the Rhodes, the people that we know are money on the mic. The rest of that roster needs to be able to sell it a little bit on the mic too. And even if it's 20% of a feud or 10% of a feud, they need to be able to to follow through with it. And they just can't right now. (laughs) There's very few other people that, uh, that I feel like you can comfortably hand a microphone and not worry that you're going to put, you know, wrestle crap on TV. Yeah. But really good action. And wonderful. Yeah. In the matches that we saw. Um, what did you think of the, the angle continuation of, uh, Moxley and the inner circle? Not revolutionary, but it was just simple. I I thought it was nice and straightforward. They're going to give him a car. It's a little cheesy, but it's fine to be a little bit cheesy. It's a, it's a little old school in some ways. Jericho and the inner circle are a little cheesy. Yeah. I, I thought this was, this is another one of those situations where, it's no one's gonna <laughs> gonna talk at the end of 2020. You know, the best promo of the year and the best thing was that time that Chris Jericho offered John Moxley a car. But it's another thing that gets us to the next week. It's a a sum of its parts. You know, a greater than the greater than the whole, and that's what AEW has done a good job with. They're not jumping the gun on things or giving angles time to flesh out, and. Because of that, the stuff around the main event, the stuff with the guys that we knew were going to be there and be solid has been so good because of it. The MJF stuff was great. The guys 
magnetic on the microphone and the stuff with him and putting all these roadblocks in front of Cody is great. Yeah. The fact that he's doing this means that we're going to have weeks of this stipulations playing out. Oh yeah. Not one match next week. That's what you that's how you do an angle. <laughs> that's how you don't rush it and have pointless tag matches and meaningless awful promos on TV is by laying these things out in this way and taking we're, your time. We're going to have two months where Cody can't put his hands on MJF. Right. We are literally going to ha- be just waiting for revolution so that they can fight. And I I love that they just put that right there. That like that's a thing that we have been begging for in the subtlety of booking feuds. They didn't book it subtly. They just put it right on out there. We're not going to let these guys touch and that's awesome. Yeah, there was some good stuff. I like the continuation of the uh, of the Hangman page. I think that it's all going according to plan. It's slow burn in its own way. I like the fact that the elite they you know started the show off talking about how these guys have not done what they were expected to do. Uh, there was there was a lot of good in this show. A lot of good wrestling. And yeah, I mean, obviously a show I enjoyed much much more than anything the WWE's put on recently. Did you notice uh, Hangman's nameplate when they when he was on a uh, commentary? <laughs> Did it say has been drinking? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, and this is another thing that I really like about AEW. And you talk about comedy and wrestling all the time and doing comedy well. I think that there's other ways than doing comedy segments or comedy. Re- oh, by the way, Orange Cassidy getting in the ring. Hated that. Yeah, that, Absolute, that didn't need to be done. No, this is a professional wrestling match. You don't need comedy here. I hate that. I, I'm not a fan of that character, really. But you can do comedy in different ways. It doesn't have to be done in a segment. It doesn't have to be done. Just little things like that are, are clever and interesting, and people will talk about them and post them up on social media, and it's fun. And it might be something that a last wrestling fan looks at and goes, what is this? And it gets them interested in something. I I like what AEW does with those. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a good good show, I think. Um, I I maybe enjoyed it a little more than you did. But I do do agree with you on those technical issues. They didn't take me out of it maybe as much as uh, it did you. But... From a perspective of I'm a, I'm a guy who like who likes those little small details to be solid in uh, in wrestling. That is definitely something that they have to get hammered out soon. Hundred percent. Um, but it is time for us to make. Well, we should look at our 2019 predictions. Our predictions that we made at the beginning of last year of what we thought would occur throughout the year, see how well we did, and then we'll talk about our predictions for the new year, the Uh, new decade. Do you want to go with your 2019 predictions first? Sure. Tell us how you you did. I think I did pretty well. Oh, okay. uh, When when it comes down to it. Do you have what mine were here? I do not. I don't write down yours. Uh, I only do mine. That that's what I I don't write yours down either. So, I I made not very many predictions, but uh, 
I wrote, no way Jose will continue to be denied. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Michael Cole will become a Viking. Uh, not really correct <laughs> on that one. No, that's uh, not correct. Un- unfortunately. Uh, Miz will turn babyface and be beloved. He did turn babyface. He was kind of beloved, although his booking was very bad as a babyface. I'll give you that one. Uh, Roman would be on TV because obviously at the beginning of last year is when he was battling uh, his uh, leukemia again. And Roman was back uh, two months, a uh, month and a half into uh, 2019. Yeah. So got that one. Uh, Seth Rollins would win a world title. Got that one. Braun Strowman will not win a world title. Got that one. Um, these I didn't do super great on my releases. I had uh, the revival. Uh, they're still there. Won a, a few titles. Uh, the Ascension. I was correct on that one. Yeah. Uh, Dana Brooke. She's still there. Kurt Hawkins. He's still there. I went out on a limb and said Baron Corbin. Obviously, he's <laughs> he's still there and is In a the main focal event. point. Yeah. Of uh, SmackDown. And a king, nonetheless. Uh, my call-ups, I said Alistair Black. I was correct on that one. But I was wrong on Velveteen Dream, Shayna Baszler, and the Undisputed Era. Uh, I don't count uh, Survivor Series as a No, no, no. Well, and also the whole idea of a call-up really is not really true anymore. I mean, yeah. they're trying to present... Well, it actually really is because they've now stopped acting like they're at war and they're equal products, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Was that all of them? Yep. So what was your record there? What, what do you, how many wins, how many losses? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, uh, six, seven. I got seven things correct. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wrong. Okay, so because I counted each each release and call up as an individual, so okay. that's uh, yeah. So I uh, I did not do great. Um, these are this is what I got wrong. Kane big and Big Show will retire. Uh, big Show has not been in on TV at all, but he is not retired. And Kane did work a show or two. Uh, Rusev will give the U.S. title meaning. That certainly did not happen. Uh, Velveteen Dream will hold the NXT title. He did not. I can't remember if the was the the secondary t- championship was that. Does that introduce in 2019 or 2018? I think that was 18. I thought so too. I was going to say I was going to try to get myself a little bit of a nudge there, saying I didn't know that. Yeah, but anyway, I lost that one. Uh, the New Day will break up. Big woof there. Uh, Undisputed Era call up did not happen. My call for wrestler of the year, male wrestler, was Drew McIntyre. He was the new, even in the running. Uh, Ember Moon, women's champion, did not happen. And John Cena will tie will uh, will uh, win the world title uh, for his seventeenth uh, reign. And obviously, John Cena didn't even compete at WrestleMania this year. He wasn't around at all. Uh, what I did get right was Roman Reigns being Roman Reigns being a big baby face, getting over huge, coming back. That was a cheat. Of course, he was going to, but I still predicted it. 
Uh, women will main event WrestleMania in a triple threat with Charlotte, Ronda, and Becky. That happened. Uh, yeah. Now that was the fact that it main evented. It wasn't a it wasn't a dead set thing uh, at that point, and also it wasn't dead set that we were going to get all three of them in the match. So that was yeah. a pretty good prediction for me. Uh, Finn Balor will not be a world champion. That was true. Braun Strowman will not beat Brock Lesnar for the world title. You also picked that Strowman would not win a world title. And then also hashtag fresh start will not result in any meaningful changes to the presentation of the product. That was goddamn dead on. The one thing that I think I should get a uh, half right for is Bray Wyatt will receive a, receive a mild repackaging. It was not mild. <laughs> it was not, no. It was a dramatic repackaging, but a repackaging. No, so yeah. I think I get half credit for that. Okay. So I go five, eight, and one. Okay. So uh, not not my best year uh, by any in any stretch of the imagination. But uh, actually, probably better than last year. I did seven, ten, and four last year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, about the same actually. Uh, so yeah. So those were my predictions for two thousand nineteen. Okay. Um, so let's head into talking about our 2020 predictions. How many do you have, Mike? Uh, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have eight individual ones, and then I have my releases and call-ups. All right, I have 16 predictions. Okay. You so, always have a lot more. Than I me. always have a lot more. Uh, why don't we do what we usually do is like you do one, I'll do two kind of thing. Okay. All right. Uh, I will start off with Raw will continue to have a revolving door on the third member of the announced team that there will just never be a solid person in that booth. Okay. That's, uh, that's a pretty good prediction, I think. Uh, I have... John Moxley, AEW champion. Uh, I think That's that Moxley. A I, I don't think it's a gimme. No? I don't think it's a gimme at all. I mean, you've got so many other possible title holders uh, and, you know, main event kind of people in there. And I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a given that Moxley wins this championship from Jericho. Uh, I think he will. And I think he'll be a, a pretty significant, significant champion in there. Uh, for a while and then i also have kenny omega will not be aew champion at any point in 2020 okay and i think that's also i'm pretty confident in that Uh, i think that they have other plans for him but you would think with someone like kenny omega that that would be a person that would be in that aew championship picture Uh, yes with his ability he's the best professional wrestler in the world but i don't think that he will be a champion this year okay um, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns will be a universal or world champion by the end of the year. That's, that's very solid. Uh, here we go. Uh, Roman Reigns will be the world champion. <laughs> so I absolutely predicted that as well. And in addition to that one, let's also put a, another one. Oh, how about this? Bray Wyatt becomes just another guy. I think by the end of this year coming up, we'll just see Bray Wyatt in 50-50 feuds, uh, and it will be 
he's already kind of there in, in my opinion, but I think it will be kind of a given and it will be understood that they have the the talk in the industry will be has how wasted that character was and it will be not special, not unique, not presented. You know, all the bells and whistles will be gone and it will just be a dude in a mask. Yeah. I could completely see that going down. This is probably going to be my boldest prediction. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Britt Baker will be a dentist. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, that's, that's pretty that's pretty ballsy, Mike. Way to go out on a limb on that one. Uh, my call for uh, women's feud of the year in WWE is going to be Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch. I think that they will have Shayna Baszler. Like to see that properly done, yeah. And I think it will be. I think they'll give it to us. I think it'll be uh, a a great, uh, a great feud. And I'm also going to make a prediction that CM Punk will not wrestle for the WWE. A lot of people now are saying, "Oh, it's just a matter of time." He's doing this backstage stuff. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think CM Punk wrestles for the WWE. I, I. I don't think it will happen either. I'd love to be surprised by that and wrong by that, but yeah, I I don't see it. Uh, Seth will turn back face after a successful run as a heel and still suck as a baby face. <laughs> that is almost guaranteed. Just whether or not it will happen in 2020 is the only uh, the only thing to be seen yet. Yeah, Let's go back to AEW. Uh, no mid-card title will be added to AEW. Everybody's talking about how they're going to do that. I don't think they'll do it this year. I think and, that's a smart move. Yeah, I think it's a smart move for them right now. Uh, and I do think I, I, I think there's enough other th- stuff going on. They don't need that quite yet. But eventually, I think it'll be a good idea. And I think that AEW will be the winner of the ratings war in 2020 with NXT. Okay. Uh. Drew McIntyre will continue to just be a monster like Braun Strowman and will have no significant main event pushes, title reigns, or anything of the such. I That was actually one thing that I was considering predicting, so I, I definitely agree with you on that one. Uh, the WWE mid-card titles will continue to be absolutely, unequivocally meaningless. You can predict that every year, and so that's one of my that's one of my gimmies uh, for that one. Here's one that I think I've kind of predicted John Cena stuff every year and never been right. I think John Cena will be a uh, a panic card at some point with SmackDown ratings suffering and things of that nature. I think they'll bring I think they'll convince John Cena to come back for a significant run on SmackDown. And that means not just an angle, but, you know, several months at some point in twenty twenty. And Fox and all that money will eventually win out in the end with that. Hmm. Interesting. Um R Truth will accidentally challenge for a title that isn't the twenty four seven title. Accidentally? accidentally he will think that he is challenging for the 24 7 title and it will actually be for a different title like the intercon like he'll be in money in the bat or in a ladder match or some multi-person match uh and not realize that it's for a different title 
Hmm. I I think that it's, it would it's, that, it's a really dumb crazy one. You always have a really in depth one. Yeah. Uh, every year, this is my attempt at that. I guess. Okay. Uh, that's a, it's a, that would could be funny. Uh, and I and by the way, I do not have a really in depth one this year. Oh really? Uh, but I do have uh, a couple more AEW here. I think this is this year W AEW. I should say will figure out the records and the rankings, and it will be a little more straightforward, and we won't be left scratching our heads quite as much. I think at some point you always are going to have a few instances where they have to not follow those little stipulations and rules, but I think that they are going to figure it out this year. I also think that this new pairing of Arn Anderson and Cody is put together just so Arn Anderson can turn on Cody. And at some point in 2020, we will see that and it will lead to a great angle that encapsulates Dusty Rhodes and the Four Horsemen and the history. I I do believe that after we get by MJF, uh, sometime, hopefully, I I hope mid-year, I can see this feud with them going three to six months more. I think that the end of the year will be something related to that with Arn, maybe with Tully, maybe with Sean Spears. I can see a lot of other things to keep Cody away from that world championship that he wants so badly with really good classic old school professional wrestling angles. And there's so much history to tread on. I think it could be amazing. Okay. Uh, there will not be another Kofi-like character in the WWE this year, but Darby Allen will be in AEW, and he will have an underdog run up to a title win. You're calling Darby Allen as a AEW world champion in 2020? Yes. Wow. That's pretty bold. Yeah. Especially with the rest of the guys on the roster. Uh, how many more do you have? Uh, I just have uh, one main one and then my releases and call-ups. Okay. So I will do Ronda Rousey comes back and wins the Royal Rumble, goes on to fight Becky Lynch uh, for, at WrestleMania, and Ronda Rousey wins the title, uh, giving them basically, even though it's a, a one-on-one match versus a triple threat, that's one win a piece, and then we'll get a great blow off, hopefully to kind of that epic long term feud later on down the road. Okay. You can go next. Oh, okay. Uh, my releases. Uh, I am I'm sticking Hawkins and Dana Brooke back in there, but I also see No Way Jose and Cassius Ono from NXT. Okay. Uh, this is my last, and I'm going to put them both together. Uh, the McMahon family will. Let me do, let me do the call ups then. I don't want. I, I okay. don't want to be last with that. Okay. Uh, Gargano, Dream, Shayna, Rhea, Undisputed Era, and Keith Lee. Okay. Uh, so this is just these are people that will be on SmackDown or Raw in yes. 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, the McMahon family will return in full force because of poor ratings on SmackDown. So we will see more authority-ish garbage from Shane, unfortunately, being back, and the entire clan. Well, at some point, you'll have Vince McMahon walk out and try to fix things and do what they always do when they hit the panic button, the big red panic button labeled McMahon. Uh, they will do that for SmackDown as it continues to falter. This also ties into my John Cena stuff from earlier. 
and SmackDown will move nights. They will move SmackDown away from Friday nights. That would be a really, really smart thing to do. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think they're, they would look as a failure. Obviously, this is a night that they wanted them on. But I feel like they will eventually they will eventually pull the trigger and move move the uh, the night, and uh, it will be a huge disappointment. And will continue to show the slide in the popularity of the the program. I, I've heard things where people have predicted that they will pull it off of Fox and they will put it on the FS1 or whatever it is their their cable network. Mm-hmm. And I was tempted to put that in there, but I don't think that will happen in 2020. Okay. Yeah, that, I, I, I think that putting them on on Friday night was a terrible decision to start start off with. I'm I'm sure that they're I don't pay I guess enough attention to television on Fox to know I don't know if they have like a big show on Tuesdays or Thursdays or anything like that that uh really gets in the way of them putting a two hour show block in there. But Friday's just not a good night for that. People are doing stuff that doesn't involve sitting in front of their TV watching bad wrestling. <laughs> good point, Mike. Um, all right. So those are our predictions for 2020. We'll see how, how they play out and uh, see... If uh, I can stay as good as uh, I was in the last one, I thought I did pretty well. Dude, you did very well on predictions in uh, 2019 across yeah, the board. Yeah, with pay-per-views. Yeah, you were a rock uh, star with that. Things. They just They call me Mr. Predictions. <laughs> no one and has, by they, I mean not a single person. Yeah, literally no one has ever called you that. Please don't say that again. Noted. <laughs> I won't even read this ever again, yeah. this note that I wrote. Um, anything else that you want to talk about before we sign off here? No, man, I'm good. All right. Well, thanks everyone once again for tuning in and listening. Follow our social media on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Spots. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Miss Spots. Uh, tune into the show on any form of uh, listening that you so choose, such as our website, MissBotsPodcast.com or simply MissBots.com, as well as any of the major podcast apps such as Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, any of those we are available on. Um, for Kevin, my name's Mike. We'll see you next week. Good night. Good wrestling.